0: The Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Hello, Liam Flint here, and welcome to the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast, where we hone in on African rugby and we highlight the best rugby talent from across the continent. Now, on this podcast, I'm joined by Bulls flanker Tim Agabo, who has an Olympic bronze to boast about on his CV, an experienced seven players, and now plays in super rugby. Tim, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing?
1: How's it going, Liam? Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here. Uh, I'm doing well, well. thanks a lot.
0: Now, Tim, we've got a lot to chat through. Obviously, Super Rugby is pretty much everything on your agenda right now. Uh, Getting to crunch time, we'll chat about your time with Springbok Sevens and obviously the age-old question of what the future holds, what you're thinking moving into 2020 and beyond. And plus, Tim, just to give you a heads up, we like to get some listener questions in. Um, So we've, we've kind of armoured ourselves up. There's some tasty questions. Um, <laughs> oh, <no>. I'm, <laughs> yeah. nervous. I'm sure it will be fun. So Tim, we've, there's only one place to start really over halfway now through <laughs> the super rugby season, balls are sitting pretty in the South African conference, but it's all quite tight. You've got the lions and the sharks chasing in the pack. Exactly. Yeah. How exciting is the season now it's shaping up. Anything can happen.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, in a competitive sport, this is the best place that you sort of want to be in because it keeps you on your toes constantly. We really can't rest on our laurels. Uh, whoever wins the next game could go top. Whoever's at the bottom of the pool right now could go top if they win the next game, and we lose. So, so we really aren't in a in a position to relax, which is a good thing. It really really keeps us at uh, at doing what we need to do uh, to the best of our ability.
0: And Tim Super Rugby just goes without saying is a league that so many players around the world aspire to break into and to be a part of you're in there what makes it so special what do you love about super rugby
1: well super rugby obviously is the is the highest level arguably of uh, of sort of international rugby in the world uh, as a kid uh waking up on a saturday morning and watching and watching the the australasian derbies was like a highlight pretty much the highlight of my saturday growing up so being able to participate in super rugby uh, considering who has uh, taken part in that tournament, you know, in history, is a hell of a privilege and and definitely something I'll remember forever.
0: It's been a testing time, hasn't it, injury wise? Um, and you've yeah. been you've been sidelined for large chunks since you signed for the Bulls. Really, you haven't really got going yet. Um, yeah. Are you almost out of the woods now? Are you almost getting to the point where you're back fit? What's the latest?
1: Yeah, the most recent injury I picked up was a. Uh... a collarbone dislocation a sternoclavicle dislocation they call it um which isn't very serious i'll only be out for another week or so and then i'll be back in training with the team and and eligible for selection but um on the whole injury has been a quite a concern for me Uh, when i got to the bulls i actually had a bit of an injury from uh, coming out of the seven system which i had to rehab wasn't very long but of course it just sets you back mentally and and physically um what was it a hamstring or something i've even lost (laughs) lost count yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah injuries i mean it comes it's part of the game you kind of have to have that mental ability to get over it otherwise it will pretty much get over you and and sort of end your career in some cases so i try not let injuries get the better 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 part of me i just do what i got to do to to get back keep myself motivated
0: yeah, that's a really good point. I want to pick you up on the the mental side of it because it's not like you've just pulled a hamstring and you're out for three yeah. weeks and then that's it. You know, you've had months and months of sitting out a range of injuries, serious stuff. So what's yeah. what is it that actually keeps you going? What gives you mental strength to bounce back? Is there is there something that you rely on?
1: My mood uh, that I approach life with sort of has to do with my mood that I would approach an injury. If that makes sense. Yeah. So the mental the mental ability comes in where if you change who you are, really, then you're kind of not going to get over it. You know, if it's if the injury changes who you are and how you approach things in your everyday life besides rugby, then you sort of you're sort of not going to get over it. And I've sort of just learned, thank goodness I've had so many injuries. I've learned how to mentally uh dominate that injury. And um I've always managed to come back with a better attitude and yeah, I just kind of get on with it.
0: Do you almost see it as a blessing being injured yeah, so much because I mean, it's taught you mental strength you didn't think you had?
1: Exactly. I mean, that's just the way I look at things. I always try and look at a positive out of a negative, and I think that's really important as a as a professional athlete.
0: Let's look at a little bit of history. Let's talk about Uganda, obviously the country of your birth. Do you still have a lot of love for Uganda?
1: Of course, I do very much. Um, I was only there for maybe a year or two. Um, my family had already sort of relocated to South Africa. My dad was doing some work, so he was here most of the time by himself, but we'd sort of moved our lives to South Africa already. Hmm. I just happened to be, to be born there. Uh, before that, yes, my parents lived in, in, in Surrey for many years. Uh, my dad practiced there and, and studied at the university of, of Guildford. He studied uh, medicine. Uh, South Africa is pretty much home. Mm. but Uganda of course has a big part of a big part of my heart
0: talking about like, with your sevens head on would you still follow progress in the sevens of South Africa and Uganda have you got a soft spot or is it just South Africa all the way now I mean
1: of course Africa is sort of dominant in that area but yeah um uh the Ugandan team does show up now and again in the in the series uh they did pretty well in Dubai last year they gave us a hard time I remember that or well, not last year I think the year before that mm. but um of course, I really I really um, hope and, and wish that the that the Ugandan rugby structures could come up. Of course it's it's really difficult, but we've seen we've seen Kenya do it and uh, they've really lasted the test of time uh, in terms of in terms of their their standard in the in the in the World Series. So yeah, I think Uganda does have the ability. They they're one or two really talented players in that side. Yeah, I think they, I think they have what it takes to to become a decent team with the right backing, of course.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting mix, isn't it? Because, like you said, South Africa absolutely dominate, and mm. the Blitzbox pretty much in the league of their own on the continent. What do you think is going to make Africa more of a, an even playing field? Do you think it's just guys like Kenya, Uganda's getting more investment or funding? Do you think it's ever going to happen, or do you think South Africa are just in a league of their own, and actually that's that's okay, that's just how it is.
1: No, I don't think so. I think uh, the sport of rugby is really volatile in terms of, <laughs> in terms of the outcome of your, of your efforts. Uh, the Spring bo- uh Blitzbox are up right now, but in a few years' time, perhaps they, perhaps they won't be, and Uganda will be up. You know, mm. um, I do think it does really depend on the backing that you get financially. Uh, obviously, the Blitzbox have SA Rugby, which is a well-established uh, establishment. And um, they have a, a good backing, and they have a good system with the academy, and and you know they they really have a good recruitment system uh, in picking up in picking up players all over the country. So I think those are the areas Uganda would obviously have to really improve on. Um, coaching would be another one, and the management and and everything sort of ad, sort of on the admin side and the background of things besides the on-field uh, yeah. situation. So. Um, yeah, so Africa's got it right right now, but I think uh, potentially with the right backing, Uganda could definitely make it work too.
0: Okay, Tim, let's, uh, let's mix it up. We're going to bring in some listener questions. Are you ready for this? <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> we've buttered you up. Um, so yeah, we've just, we've just asked um, anyone who's listening here, if they want to ask you a question, just get in touch. Uh, and yeah. if it's, if it's going to make you feel uncomfortable, then that's one that we like. And all the nice, all the nice ones you just put to one side, you know. Um,
1: yeah, that's always the case. Huh? Um,
0: yeah, we like to, we like to make you feel at home. So oh, wow. yeah, first up, courage. Who's um, in Zimbabwe? Just okay. wait. Well, he, he clearly likes you. He says, "How does it feel to be one of South Africa's best sevens players in the country?"
1: Wow, well, that's a bit of. a... So there you go. I'd say that's an exaggeration. <laughs> if he
0: knew what it was
1: like to be amongst to be amongst the players that I was amongst, then he'd understand that statement.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really the, uh... don't
1: see myself I really don't see myself as as one of the best. Um, I was fortunate enough to to be selected uh, you know when I was selected, but I don't see myself as one of the best. I see my uh, a lot of the teammates that I played with as 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 inspiration in fact. No. Uh, whether they're younger than me or, or you know, different position, whatever the case may be, the work ethic and the, the passion and, you know, what those guys put into the game of sevens is, is, I mean, I don't even have words for it, but they definitely don't get the credit they deserve. And and uh, I definitely wouldn't put myself up there as one of the best, that's for sure.
0: But then for you to make a Blitzbot squad and to play the amount of games you did, you are in a very elite group you are one of the best uh when you think of all the the kids and players in south africa who want to play for their country for you to make it to a final squad you're you're at that level aren't you so you might be very humble but technically you are you're in an elite group tim come on
1: i mean of course selection is one thing but being the best is another
0: okay courage there you go don't don't write into the show again (laughs) You that's did, I, you answered it, you answered it pretty well, very humbly. Um, okay, let's switch to Instagram. Thirteen uh, says, what made you, Tim, want to become a pro uh, rugby player in the first place? Where was your inspiration from?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I've always really been interested in anything athletic, anything sort of sporty, fitness orientated. And not only have I been interested in it, I've always wanted to be sort of the best at it or, okay, maybe not the best but I'd I'd always wanted to be good at it you know so um that mentality has sort of just carried me through and when I got to high school and everyone sort of played rugby I thought I might as well play rugby then (laughs) and um of course that competitive nature took its took its turn and and um I managed to to play for the the first team in high school and and once I realized that I was pretty good at rugby and the first team coach sort of um Encouraged me to uh, to take rugby further and not just go on and study and 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 continue like normal. He really encouraged me to take on rugby and try and and, uh, and 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 aspire at least to be a professional. And to be honest, what he told me that day really changed the way I thought about rugby. I never really took it that seriously. I definitely wanted to be good at it, and I wanted our team to win all the time, and mm. you know, but I never. I never saw myself going on to be a professional rugby player until he told me that I that I probably could be. So that's quite an interesting one. And once he once he did that, then you know the rest is
0: history. The rest is history. Mm. Okay, Tim. I think this next question probably got asked by about twenty people. Um, so I've wow. kind of simplified it down and <laughs> just okay. meshed it together. Um, so okay. just for namesake, Kamor in Kenya and Kasonde in Zambia. There were there were two of the guys who first got in with this uh they said tim would you ever consider playing for uganda maybe not maybe not now and obviously not when you first started but would it ever cross Mm. your mind at some point do you know what i'll go and play for uganda
1: yeah well to be honest it did um when i uh sort of uh, when was it i think it was 2013 i was playing a varsity cup for for nmu nelson mandela metropolitan university in port elizabeth um I was approached by, I'm not sure of his name. I think he must have been a coach or a manager or something in the Ugandan rugby structure, and he offered me the opportunity to play for, for, uh, for the Eagles, right. which I had to, which I had to decline because in that same year I was offered the opportunity to play for the South African Universities team, which was, uh, which was uh, playing a few games, international games. I think against Namibia. Uh, there was another fixture that i missed um so i sort of had to make the decision because once you play once you represent south africa you can't represent another country yeah of course so i had to make a calculated rugby decision purely and of course south africa uh, being the nation that it is in in the rugby world i had to i had to of course
0: yeah choose to stay so it could have been different it could have been different it could have been it could have been we'll never know but yeah you've gone on to do so well with south africa So it was a a good choice, wasn't
1: it? I had to, I had to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, fair enough.
0: Um, Exactly. Okay, Marlon in Uganda, final question. Um, Mm. The fact that you were born in Uganda, Tim, have you thought about doing coaching or helping to build partnership in rugby back in Uganda?
1: I have, in fact. um, Right now at the moment, I'm looking to uh, buy a piece of land in Uganda just so that I have something for myself over there uh possibly have a home there and and just spend more time there post-rugby and uh of course giving back to the sport and more specifically giving back to the sport in uganda is uh something that's really something that really interests me i just don't know when i'd i'd get on with that but it is something that's in the back of my mind and something mm. that i'll do post-rugby
0: you've navigated those well team you've kept everyone happy so well done <laughs> 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 Eva uh, no you've done very well there so we're, we've got to talk about the Olympics. I mean, it must be um, such a, an amazing experience for you. Just sum up what it was, how special that was for you to be there, Rio 2060 Olympics with the Blitzbox. How was that for you?
1: Yeah, that was, of course, the highlight of my rugby career. I don't think anything that happens now can top that, besides winning a World Cup for the fifteen side, which is... Anyway, <laughs> we'll see about that. But... Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that was obviously a a real highlight for me. Uh, The most inspiring part of the whole thing was the beginning, actually, when I was picked in that squad of great South African rugby players. I don't understand how my name was even thought of amongst that list of players, to be very honest. Um, I received a call from our coach at the Kings at the time. We were playing in in the Curry Cup, which is a local South African uh, tournament i received a call from uh, from him and he was sort of to be honest he was kind of discouraging me to go <laughs> all right being the coach of the kings he obviously he obviously didn't want to lose me as a player you yeah know, and my influence in the in the team but he he gave me the option of, of obviously going and 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 uh, attending a training camp and then coming back and so forth and so forth but once I'd got there, obviously, and brushing shoulders with, you know, Ryan Kinkowski, someone I looked up to really at the Sharks when I was a junior, uh, Brian Abana, you know, Cecil Africa, he's the, the greats of of rugby, not only sevens rugby but just rugby. I couldn't, I couldn't let that kind of opportunity pass by. So, I really had to take it, and 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 go with it. And that whole process before the Olympics. And naturally, bringing out the best player that I could could possibly be, just because of who they were, you know. Yeah. Uh, in South Africa, we speak of we speak of Ubuntu, which means uh, I am because you are, you know. Mm. So, so I fully appreciate that. I don't think I would have, um, uh, you know, maybe made that. I don't think I would have uh, been the person I was at the time during that camp. If those uh, specific people weren't there, you know, to sort of, to sort of bring out that player that that they, that that was brought out in me, <clears throat> and of course the Olympics, the the tournament itself was was out of this world, brushing shoulders with Usain Bolt and Serena Williams, and which was really overwhelming to a certain degree, but but um, something that I'll really cherish forever.
0: Yeah, of course, that's a whole other side of it. Everything else going on outside of the rugby. Who were those two? Did you happen to meet them or go watch their events? Who did you yeah, come yeah. into contact with?
1: Serena Williams, we literally walked past. Um, of course, she was with an entourage of about <laughs> 50 people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, couldn't get near.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, not very much. But uh, Usain Bolt was training at the athletics field, which was uh, just a few meters from the rugby field. So we saw him in training as well as, you know, a few of the other Jamaican athletes, which was quite cool. Mm. Um yeah, we saw uh, we saw a few uh, well established athletes. We didn't really get to watch any of the main events, sadly. Um a lot of the athletics was after the rugby, so we had already left once the athletics was once the athletics sure. hadn't even started. So that was a pity, but but yeah, you know, it was really cool.
0: Mm. And did you think you'd be coming back home with a medal before you set out?
1: I believe so, yes
0: okay fair enough (laughs) did you what color did you think it was going to be i
1: don't know i don't know i can't say that i mean of course you go out there and you want to win but yeah i just knew personally i mean as a team we had goals of course but personally i just knew that i've got to get this medal i'm probably not going to come back here i've got to do it the first time and what's probably the only time
0: so for you then, bagging a bronze medal, would you say that's number one in your career achievements, or are there other things that since have pipped it, or maybe will piff it?
1: Uh, I mean the experience so far is number one, but maybe not the medal. Uh, we're generally not really happy about that about that bronze. Yeah, of course it's an Olympic medal, so it makes it that much more special. But if it was a, if it was every other World Series tournament, uh, a third wouldn't wouldn't really cut it for us. So. So the medal is one thing, but just just taking part is, is, is a different one.
0: Yeah, very true. And of course, Tim, for you, naturally, those years you spent playing sevens, I'm sure you'd agree, contributed to you getting the super rugby break that you're now living out. But of course, with that, it does mean, doesn't it, that you're now not playing for the, the blitz box anymore, focusing on the balls. Is that a hard yeah. choice to make when you have to, it sounds like you've swapped between sevens, 15s, people have said, do this, please don't do this. Is it? Is it a hard choice to make
1: yeah it is obviously you're also, you're also letting a lot of people down um, the people that you've sort of grown so close to in the seventh system that's what was that's what was uh, sort of hardest for me um, a person like Neil Powitt that backed me from the get-go uh, letting him down was 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 a tough one of course the players even harder. <clears throat> But uh, of course, that's a that was a personal decision, and and uh, playing sevens was always something that I'd wanted to do. I always say that I'd wish that I wish I'd played it when I was a bit younger, <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> just because it implements so many like individual skills. The the attention to detail uh, as the individual is it's, it's at another level compared to fifteens rugby, where there's just too many numbers, and it's not it's not possible to to attend to an individual's uh, uh, Skill set, you know, we're in the seven system. That's really at the forefront of training. So, uh, so if 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 I'd played when I was younger, I think that would have aided my my rugby ability, mm. you know, throughout my career. Unfortunately, I only got the opportunity to play when I was in my mid twenties. So, <clears throat> a good portion of my career was already was already behind me. But in saying that, I still learnt a lot from the seven system that I that are now implementing in fifteens. Um being a bigger guy uh that played sevens and managed to play sevens which is which is not very common unless you Fijian maybe. Yeah, true. <laughs> um yeah um it kind of teaches you how to yeah uh, kind of teaches you how to move better. I don't know. Your mobility uh sort of has to Change, yeah. whereas in 15s you can be kind of slow and sluggish and hide and <laughs> all those kind of things. Yeah, and in sevens you really can't. And exposed. And the transfer into 15s is really evident if you look at the players that have that have come out of the seven system and and and, and are playing and are playing 15s. Someone like Warren Whiteley, we forget that he he was a well accomplished sevens player. He won the Commonwealth Games with South Africa a couple of years ago. Mm. And and you know sort of straight after I think it was. Like a year after, after playing, I mean, after leaving the seventh system, he became a Springbok. So, and before that, he wasn't. So, I mean, that's kind of, that kind of speaks for itself.
0: Yeah. So, are you saying there then, do you think it's harder tr- to transition from, say, you're a super rugby if, when you were like 22, moving to sevens? You think that's yeah, harder than doing what definitely. you've done and then going the other way?
1: For me, yes, because I'm a bigger guy and super rugby is more suited, of course, for bigger people. 15s rugby is suited for bigger guys, but going from a from that uh, uh, background into sevens was most definitely a lot harder than going from sevens into back into 15s.
0: So how do people judge 15s versus sevens? You've said that you had to make a choice going from sevens to then play super rugby. Is that not expected, that actually if you get the opportunity to play super, you're going to take that? Or actually do you think wearing the badge for Blitzbox, people in general would say that's, the priority over playing for a franchise in super rugby is there a clear line or is it personal
1: yeah that's a i think that's a very personal decision um you know it's also it's kind of dependent on a few things the team that that's interested in you you know that that kind of plays a role um you know the finances of course play a role Rugby you play don't like speaking about it too much but it's it's uh yeah it's no secret that that um the 15s uh game is a lot more established than the 7s game and therefore there's a lot more money in the 15s game so so the 7s system sort of struggles to to keep up with these contractual offers that that the players are getting and, and then of course that means that the seventh system loses players to the 15s system quite naturally so yeah it is a it is a personal thing and it is quite a hard thing because a lot of the 7s is besides the financial side of things a lot of it is sort of sentimental if, if that makes sense yeah um yeah, there's a lot of love in that system there's a lot of just genuine and you can feel the the the, the brotherhood really the camaraderie just the the relationships amongst everyone is, is so real it's a real family so <clears throat> yeah that's that's hard to leave behind
0: yeah of course I imagine and of course mm. for every South African player goes without saying, the dream is to play, wear the badge, spring box, blitz box, to represent your nation. Um, So now you've played sevens, Tim, you've worn the badge. Does that count as you saying, do you know what, I started out wanting to play for South Africa, I have, or do you still dream of playing 15 spring box, like you've already mentioned earlier? Are they, you know, is that still unfinished, or can you still say, no, I've played for my country, I've done it?
1: No, that's definitely... That's definitely not finished. I 100% would like to play for this, for the 15 Springboks. That was always the ultimate goal, and I think it will always remain the ultimate goal. So, um, obviously representing the bliss box for for as long as I did is very special, and it does count for something, something very special, but... Um, of course, playing for the playing for the Springboks is, is 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 something. It's just a level on its own.
0: Mm. Okay, so looking <clears> forward for you now. Let's talk about the next twelve months. Obviously, getting back on the pitch is number one, and and kind of putting your authority there in that Bulls dressing room. What what are your big goals that you're setting for the next year? That's going to help you achieve that goal of hopefully, you know, becoming a, a full cap Springbok reasonably soon.
1: Yeah. So going into this Super Rugby and uh, obviously coming from coming from a, long, a long-term injury, my bicep that I Um I sort of, of course, I set myself really high goals. And, and like I said, playing for the Springboks is the ultimate goal. And uh, you never know when that could happen. That could happen um, tomorrow for all I know, you know. Um, so you always just got to be ready for that. And that's always going to be the ultimate goal. But my more short-term goal going into the Super Rugby campaign was was just to sort of stay healthy, of course give myself the best opportunity to make a team and 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 always rock up, but I just wanted to i really put emphasis on staying healthy. I'm doing things that I never did before uh, that I should have probably done before. I just wasn't really aware of it. As you get older, you kind of start to listen to your body a bit more. So I'm doing a lot of things that that I that I hadn't done before just so that I can play as much as, as much as possible. Uh, last year, I think I lost a great opportunity to play under under john John Mitchell, who really backed me as a player, and I think I would have got some some really decent game time under him. Unfortunately, uh, injury didn't allow that. so so I just uh, uh, set myself out to play as much as possible and uh, and let the rest take care of itself, obviously, work ethic and your discipline and all of that kind of is always going to, is always going to count. But um, Mm. yeah, I really just wanted to play again. It had been a, it had been a really long and frustrating injury and, and um, the opportunity to play super rugby was still there. And I was really, really grateful for that. So playing for me was, was number one.
0: Yeah. And I suppose, as you say, a lot of it is under your control. How Mm. much of a role does your faith in God, which I know is also important to you. How much is that, Also, an impact on, an influence on what's going to happen for you and defines you. Getting to your goals, does that play a big role?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, We spoke earlier about your mental, your ability to mentally uh, accept injury and move on from it. Um, When I was a little bit younger, I sort of, I sort of relied on myself. You know, I didn't have a, a, a family with a athletic background. You know, to give me. Sort of advice from an athletic point of view. Um, a lot of my friends, okay, I, I can't really say that we all played sport, but I just never really spoke to anyone about my my issues. I just get on with things, and of course, of course, if you do that in any in any area of your life, you you you're just setting yourself up for failure. And um, I had a hell of a mental battle with myself in the first, you know, during those first uh, those first injuries, but. Um, uh, I obviously found, I obviously found faith in God, and, and and sort of, and that's kind of gave me a new lease on life and profound experiences where oh, I can't even explain, but some like really profound things that that would happen to me would sort of be testament to that, and I couldn't ignore that. You know, mm. some people see things happening and they're like, oh, that's quite weird, you know, and they just sort of. Yeah. I, I never, I never really went out and and seeked the the kingdom of God, but you know i grew up in a you know quite a christian family but i didn't really seek god as you know a, a personal relationship with him and um i think that was a big mistake for me in my rugby career uh, in general <clears throat> and i think it is for for a lot of uh, not only rugby players but professional athletes you know i'm not going to sit here and say that you need to find god specifically but you need to find some kind of guidance and something to fall back on when you when you uh when, you, when you're in a bit of a, in a hard, in a hard place. And um, I, of course, obviously look up to great athletes and I always have, always will. And um, I, I noticed that the greatest athletes were the ones with a strong sense of, of, of religion inside of them, not, not necessarily Christian, but, um, you know, mm. someone like Muhammad Ali who converted to Islam through Balcom X, you know. Uh, yeah. He was a devoted Muslim. Uh, S- Serena and Venus Williams were 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 Jeho- devoted Jehovah's Witnesses, apparently. You know, Steph Curry, of course, we we know he's really really religious. You know, he's got Bible verses on his shoes when he plays. Tim Tebow who was, who's an NFL quarterback, who's a great. He's his he he uh, his faith is at the forefront of his of his uh, career, and he doesn't hide it at all. And these all those players have <clears throat> really had successful careers, and and that's kind of inspired me as well to 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 sort of
0: <clears throat>
1: dig into my faith, um, not impose it upon people, but always just have that personal relationship with God and it's and it's and it's gotten me through a whole lot in my life and, and my rugby career.
0: That's amazing. Amazing to hear. Tim, we love to just finish with a bit of a game. Um okay. so very simply, we're just gonna play a game where I just say to you, if you could meet any person from this particular area or field um so like sport music whatever it is i just want you to say who you'd love to meet okay that's as simple as it gets so tim if you could meet any music artist in the world who would you want to meet right now oh that's a tough one there's so many who's top of your list oh yeah there's there is so many
1: that's terrible Ah,
0: tell tells us a lot about your music taste jay-z
1: yeah why jay-z I mean, he's a legend, living legend. <laughs> yeah. Quite
0: simply, yeah, that's it. That's all you yeah. need to say, really, isn't it? That's
1: all I need to say.
0: <laughs> End of discussion. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you could meet any actor or actress,
1: who would it Denzel be? Denzel Washington. Oh,
0: Good. Yeah, nailing easy. this. Yeah, I love that's Denzel. Easy.
1: Yeah. So you've watched? Have
0: you watched all of his films?
1: I don't think I've watched all of them, but because um, he's got plenty. But. Um... <laughs> I've watched the majority of them. Yeah, you've got a career, a rugby career
0: them. to get on with, haven't you? So you can't just sit at home. <laughs>
1: can be sit around watching Denzel?
0: No, that's true. There's plenty of time for that <laughs> when you hang up the boots. Um, exactly. Okay, if you could meet any sports star you haven't met already, who would you want to meet? Oof. Clearly not. Uh, Clearly not Serena or Usain Bolt.
1: Yeah, no. Been there, done that. Well, LeBron James.
0: Okay. So you're more of a LeBron fan than a Kobe Bryant? You're definitely in ah, the LeBron. Definitely.
1: definitely. Camp. LeBron is like the ultimate athlete, maybe after Bo Jackson.
0: <laughs> yeah, these are some strong answers you're giving. It's a bit of a power lineup.
1: Yeah. Very I mean good. it's a tough one. I mean, there's so many, so it's
0: hard. If you had if you had one question with him, with LeBron, what would you want to know?
1: I'd ask him how does he do it? <laughs> there's something that he's definitely doing that everyone else isn't. It's so evident.
0: I wonder how many times he's been asked that in his career. How are yeah, you so I good? how many
1: times he's honestly answered it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd take you seriously, though, because you're bigger than him. So that I would be it. I <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, okay, Tim, we'll let you off there. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, perfect. Thanks a lot, Liam. No, no, absolute great. pleasure.
0: Um, we'll have to get back on at some point. And uh, I'm sure we'll still get loads of questions. People wanting you to move to Uganda, all of that kind of stuff. yeah i like
1: that this was really cool this was really cool i'd like it i'd like to do it again
0: the planet sport rugby podcast okay a massive thanks again to the man mountain that is tim agaba do remember you can keep up to date with all of our movements across social media facebook twitter and instagram and we'd love you to join our whatsapp community as well where you can keep updated with what we're doing who our upcoming guests are going to be and even more importantly, you can send in your questions as you heard today that we can then ask your favorite athlete. So all you have to do, drop us a message with your name and the number is +447707776790. That's +447707776790. Lots of sevens in there. But until then, do join us for our next podcast, where again, we'll be getting to know one of Africa's best in the world of rugby. You can listen again, just pop over to our website, which is www.planetsport.tv, or you can go seek us out on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But until next time, I'm Lynn Flint, and you've been listening to the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast, which is a Passion for Sport production.